0: Time for the In The Conversation podcast with funny man Damian Lemon and the voice of your choice, Ali Muhammad. Yeah. You know what time it is. It's In The Conversation, the podcast, (laughs) and by, you know, the sound of my voice, you already know that D. Lemon is not in the building today, but Mr. Muhammad is. We have a special guest, though. You know what I'm saying? Coming all the way live from Harlem. You know what I'm saying? Director... Actress, model, what else you do? <laughs> ex my formal model, that's how we going to say it, formal model.
1: You knew what that laugh was
0: about. Uh, Tony Ty in the building. Hi. Rare it up. That's how you coming in? I'm
1: out here.
0: You out where?
1: I'm out here.
0: Out where?
1: I'm just out here. In- I'll be out here doing stuff.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded homeless, like, what the fuck going on? <laughs> What's good?
1: I feel that way. I haven't been home much in the past. Actually, the whole month of September. I think I I slept in my bed like three times.
0: But that's far from homeless.
1: No, I'm not homeless.
0: Exactly. You was on an Instagram tour. (laughs) I don't know if it was a tour, but it was like uh, exotic places. Yeah, I'm out here. No doubt. And so that particular, your last particular trip, you know, you do with your sister every year, your twin.
1: Yes. tell Tell the people about that. Well, I have a twin sister. Her name is Dani, and she's awesome. We're fraternal. We're best friends, and we take trips every year. So a couple years ago, we went to Italy. Last year, we went to Burning Man, and this year, we went to Arizona. And when she said, let's go to Phoenix, I'm like, ill, why? And she's like, it's fun. Trust me. I'm like, no. But then I saw, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. We can go to... um." Where is it that Michaela Angela Davis lives? Mm -hmm. It's Sedona. Sedona. And I was like, ooh, nature. Okay. Sedona. Sedona. So I was like, can we go to Sedona? She's like, yeah. I was like, bet.
0: They they say uh, Arizona's like home of all the spas
1: and... Yo. It is so beautiful. Like, I want to go back really bad. We wound up not making it to Sedona because we were having too much fun. Right. But we did uh, hike Camelback Mountain. It was like 105 degrees outside. We didn't die, obviously. So I was proud of that.
0: And how is it to hike in 105 degrees?
1: Uh, it wasn't that bad. You know why? Because it's not humid. Like, New York, 105 is different than a desert 105. Like, that's just pure sun. And there was some shading by the, cause the mountain, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. Um, But we just walked slow, <laughs> and we had a lot, a lot of water.
0: That's what's up. That's and what's up. it was
1: up. cool. It was pretty dope. You know, it's like nothing like... You know, going outside of your comfort zone and looking at different things. So.
0: Not, no doubt. All right. So let's take it back. So Tony Ty is a director, like I said. Uh, I worked on a few projects with her. Mm-hmm. We did a Potty Break together, which is her creation. And I was on the executive producer kind of thing.
1: Executive producer and DP. And DP, you killed it.
0: You rear it up, rear it up. And so we got Potty Break. That's on TV One's streaming platform yep, called...
1: Up yeah. Space for Creators. Oh, uh, right now.
0: So you could check that out. And then um We
1: have a tour right now actually. As we, you know. We have a tour. <laughs> yeah, it do started we. last week. Yeah, we do? <laughs> you didn't make it too because
0: you're it. that was sounded like a one off to me. I didn't know it was a tour. It's
1: a 10-city tour. You yeah, see how they do it? Did, did the, well, I'm only on, we're only on the um, New York and LA tour um the like tour.
0: See how they do the, the suits. <laughs> 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 they be out there on their marketing promo, lead the suits home. Okay.
1: <laughs> Word up. But yeah, so we talked about, um, it was uh, hosted by, as you know, it was hosted by Tina Lifford from mm. Queen Sugar, mm-hmm. and uh, she talked a lot about like her journey. It was about intentionality in your work mm-hmm. and creating with a purpose and with intention. So it was really great. It was great.
0: Okay, what was the highlight?
1: For me, the highlight was this woman who. So I talked about colorism because you know there's a couple episodes in Potty Break where we talk about colorism, mm-hmm. and Donna, who is my um, co-star, who's British, who's amazing.
0: And what's colorism?
1: Colorism is you know the complexion issue within the Black community, right? Okay.
0: Li- and, li- and even like Indian community, yeah, light skin, dark skin, red, yellow.
1: Yeah, and that whole comparison okay. thing and the you know, the trauma and troubles that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I was talking to the audience about what my intentions are behind, um, like my purpose with my filmmaking is to show, um, well, one is when it comes to African-American women, just to show us in a more diverse light because we have so many different layers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's fully represented in the media. And then also just portraying um, darker-skinned women and in a light that's different than, than in the way that I saw in black exploitation movies that my mother made me watch when I was little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the love interests were always like brown skin and dark skin. So right. it was weird that it shifted. Right. And then, um, you know, and you know, all of this stuff is intentional. Right. You know, so we talked some about that. So it was this so, older woman. Oh, so
0: why is that? Why was that important being you a light skinned woman?
1: I am caramel, <laughs> but um, it's important. <laughs> well, I'm from
0: you red. <laughs>
1: i don't know It's important to me because uh, I, and I told the audience this story uh, a few years back. Um, Rain Pryor, Richard Pryor's daughter, did a one-woman show at the National Black Theater in Harlem. And it was called Fried Chicken and Latkes, about her being half black and, and half Jewish and her struggles in that. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a, a darker-skinned um, black woman in the audience, really beautiful woman, and she stood up and she, you know, they have a talk back after the show, and she looked at Rain Pryor. She's like, you know, I have a hard time um, identifying with your struggle and feeling sorry for you because you're light skinned and you have curly hair and you have the look that guys like. So I, I just I don't even understand like why I should care about your struggle. And everyone in the audience was like a hush, and you could see like Rain Pryor looked like like the wind was kicked out of her. Right. You know, because her whole life, you know, she's in this. She's not black enough to be black, not white enough to be white, and mm-hmm. then she's too light for black people to care. It's just this weird shit, right? right? Can I curse?
0: Yeah, oh. I curse more than anybody.
1: Oh, shit. All right. So um, so anyway, the woman said that she couldn't really respond. She was stunned. So I'm like, hey, can I respond to that? And I told the woman, I was like, your story is valid, and so is hers. We cannot discredit each other's pain. And I'm like, we live in New York City. There's all these, play, you know, playwriting groups and, um, you know, theater groups and writing colonies, um, meetups, where you can develop your own story. Because she was saying how she's a teacher and she teaches third grade. Mm-hmm. And the little boys in the class will pass around papers rating the girls um, based on how beautiful they were and the light skin and Latino, Latina girls would always be on the top of the list. And she said it was the same exact thing when she was in third grade and these kids don't feel beautiful and she doesn't feel beautiful. And I could see the pain in her eyes and it really like, I don't want to start crying now. Every time I think about it, it just Mm -hmm. like really fucks me up. Um, because I tried to find her after and I couldn't find her, mm-hmm. but it stayed with me. Like I, there's probably, it's not a lot of days when I'm thinking about like representation in my work that I don't think about her. Mm-hmm. So the short film I just shot in LA in May, that also like my lead is like a chocolate woman. Where? Uh, so, so funny enough. So it was this woman who was like in her fifties. She comes up to me afterwards and she's like, you know, I didn't like you when I first saw you.
0: Yo, red
1: bitch. (laughs) I was like, whoa, okay. (laughs) And my sister, she's like, why, because of how she looks? And the woman's like, yes, I got to keep it real. I got to keep it real. She's like, I just looked at you and thought you were one of those girls. But you know something? I was wrong, and I apologize. You're amazing. And this is what struck me. She was like, you've inspired me to write, and I've never written in my life. But Mm -hmm. now I want to write and tell my story, so thank you. So I gave her my email. I'm like, listen, send me your stuff, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, and I'll read it for you. But funny enough, I was told by um, a really good Nigerian friend of mine that I shouldn't talk about that because it's kind of like I look like a white person talking mm-hmm. about the struggles of Black people, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm like, "What?"
0: Well, you <laughs> and know.
1: I kind of got what he was saying.
0: No, I feel you on that, but it, it flips both ways, you know, depending on where you at. You know what I'm saying? What environment you in, and the values of that environment. So if you were in Miami. Mm-hmm. Black, dark-skinned women, you know what I'm saying, top of the food chain for the most part. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Dark-skinned dudes definitely on top of the food chain and always been, you know what I'm saying? Even during the high of, you know what I'm saying? And the, dark-skinned
1: women The debarge the era. Oh,
0: Yo, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not, it don't even feel like there's a lot of light-skinned people in Miami. Mm-hmm. That's how it feels. Like, when I tell people I'm from Miami, they're like, you're from Miami. Like, you know what really? I mean? So when people identify with where I'm from, they identify with darker-skinned people.
1: Caribbean, Haitian, you know what I'm Jamaican. saying? No, just
0: even just Black Americans, you know what right. I'm saying? Okay. But you do have Caribbeans, but I'm saying like even in the Black Black neighborhoods, mm-hmm. you know, they tend to identify lean more darker. Wow. You know what I'm saying? They are red girls. Mm-hmm. They are, but you know what I'm saying? That's how they, you know, they're all red. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, they are light-skinned dudes, of course, like me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not that light, so, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, I'm not the barge. You're the same like,
1: color and you call me red bone.
0: I'm a little darker than you. <laughs> okay. But where I'm from, I'm shit. I might as well be white, <laughs> you know what <laughs> I'm saying? Because, you know what I mean, that's how they They. they ostracize you. Right.
1: right.
0: So, I mean, it don't matter who talk? we all black, you know what I'm saying? You. You. You might be... Like, I'm the lightest person in my immediate family.
1: I'm the darkest. You see
0: what I'm saying? In so, my whole
1: entire family cousins, aunts, everybody.
0: So, <laughs> you know, it's like you, they can't tell you what to say and what not. Because in, in the black community, my dad's brown, my sister's brown, both of my sisters are brown. You know what I'm saying? My <laughs> wife is, is dark. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> They can't tell you what what you could talk about, what you can't talk about, because it's your experience.
1: It's my experience. And we got to stop, like, trying to silence people based on on their experiences. And and Potty Break in episode three, The Dress, Mm -hmm. we talk, you know, Donna and my character talk about that. Donna says, you know, so in Potty Break, even though it's a comedy, we tried to, you know, uh, put little social commentary in every episode. Mm -hmm. And luckily that's not being lost on the audience.
0: Right. So, you know. Tell your story, and you know most of the time the people that's telling somebody not to tell their story ain't saying shit, so
1: well. and a lot of people think that's the right way to be though. It's okay. You know, it's just like, you know, a lot of people want to, you know, but I'm like, listen, I'm a rebel. Like, I'm from Harlem. Like, some of my, you know, I have a black, you know, one of my mentors was a Black Panther. Like, I'm out here. (laughs) I'm not scared. Motherfucker
0: from Harlem, boy. (laughs) Quit to tell you, I'm from Harlem. (laughs) I'm from Harlem. Okay. Yeah. Bird up.
1: Well, I mean, let's just, let's face the fact. It's the epicenter of black culture. So we don't have any kind of, Uh, it's a privilege. It Uh, is a privilege.
0: For a while, for a long time, it was.
1: No, it's it's still well.
0: You're right. I, I see what you I see what you're getting at. You know what I'm saying? There are epicenters popping up. You know right. what I'm saying? And I, I I believe you know a lot of places that culture is coming out of faster than others. Right now, <clears throat> I think Chicago is putting out a whole lot of culture, and right. they they doing stuff in different ways. That no other city is doing. Nobody's putting out as many visual artists, black visual artists,
1: very at a
0: high level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, You know they're doing a lot of stuff, and it's and it's and it's um, you know they've been a stepchild to Harlem and other places in New York and cities like that for a long time.
1: Detroit.
0: But I think you know, at this <laughs> at this present moment, me looking from the outside, looking in with no vested interest in in any of it. Right. I see. Every time I see something that pops up, it's like, oh, shit, that shit be from Chicago.
1: Chicago, that's true. That's very or, true.
0: Or they doing some shit in Chicago. Like, they did some shit. They do some shit in the summer in Chicago where it's a boat party on the lake, and it's all black people in their boats. Really? Lined up, and it's a big party on the, in the lake, not on the sand. In the lake, in can, the water.
1: Can I sidebar with that? Go ahead. Have you ever been to PG County in Maryland? I have not. I was there over the summer, mm-hmm. and that shit is Wakanda,
0: no doubt. And I'm I've mad. heard that. I've heard I'm that. I met.
1: I did not know about this. My friend had been telling me about it. I'm like, PG County. What are you talking about? Whatever. I go out there, and one Sunday we go to brunch. They're like, Oh, we're going to the country club. Oh, you probably shouldn't wear that. You have to wear. It. I'm like, Oh, okay. We get there. I'm seeing like it's in this gated community. It's all these black people (laughs) who drive around in (laughs) golf carts. I'm like, what the fuck? I see all these black people getting out of Jaguars and stuff. We go in the country club. It's all black people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, where are we? This is what, I'm like, you didn't tell, nobody told us about this. Yeah. They're like, this county is the richest black county in America. And I'm like, and they was like, and we want it, we don't want everyone to know. And I'm like, that is so selfish.
0: Well, you know, that's how rich people do.
1: Man, but I I was just like, wow! They just gave me a whole new. Oh, so I will talk about Harlem, <laughs> then I was but, humbled by PG County. Yeah,
0: but that's that's just one thing having money and and putting the gate around it. It's another thing in producing culture and putting things out in the world what what people are experiencing and it's and it's bettering culture on a whole, other than just you know saying your your particular group.
1: Well, yes, I see what you mean, but just just the idea of being able to grow up in a community, seeing that. Black wealth is attainable. Like no doubt. that's and, that's like, cool too. I grew that's up in Harlem that's with, an addition. I grew up with black poverty, but we had a wealth of culture, <laughs> no doubt. style. No you know doubt. what I mean? Music, swag. You know what I mean? And I think in that county, you just see like, oh, I could you know have be a government contractor.
0: I think it's a lot of that <laughs> in Chicago and Atlanta.
1: Now it's
0: like no, even back in the day.
1: Okay, you
0: know what I'm saying? Back in the day, like you know what I'm saying? It's a guy, his family still making money. He was like the first. He, he was in slavery. He was selling, like, the beat-up produce that, you know what I'm saying, his owner, you know, couldn't sell. So he would take it out, and he was able to sell it, mm. and he made money. Okay. And to this day, his, fam- he, his family is the people who supply, I guess, lettuce and tomatoes to McDonald's. You know what, what I'm saying? So they it's been it's been a lot of wealth in Chicago for a long time. There's been wealth in Atlanta. You, you know
1: name
0: what I'm one person in Chicago. I mean, goddamn, I don't have my encyclopedia with me. <laughs> Shit, nah. I'm just trying to tell you that PG County ain't the only place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking with me. <laughs> but anyway. You better have your receipt. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I got <laughs> I had a receipt now. Nah. leave me alone. Um <laughs> forgotten what I was about to say and shit. You
1: were about to but say Atlanta too. Right? Atlanta,
0: definitely. You know what I'm saying. Atlanta had had their own millionaires back in the day. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, um, like like for instance, my wife she she's grown up seeing you know black people doing good. First time I went to Atlanta, it was the first Wakanda I knew. Else when it was Hot Atlanta and mm-hmm. shit. That's the first time you really seen just black people working anywhere. Like, everywhere. Like, anywhere you go, it's like black people working. You know what I'm saying? You go to the airport, <laughs> black people working all through that bitch. You know what I'm saying? You don't go to no other airport and black people were just working there because when they was building the airport, H.J. Russell, a black man, was had the contract to mm-hmm. build
1: mm-hmm. and had
0: built the concessions and all that. So, mm-hmm. therefore, you got black restaurants and, and oh, you vendors, know what I mean? Yeah. Black vendors right. and shit like that. So, it's like, that's why even the legacy of that, you, you got 4040 in there, you got Luda's Restaurant inside of the airport. So it's been a legacy of, like, Pascal's was in there, of black restaurants and black businesses inside of the airport in Atlanta, wow. which is the busiest airport in America. Is it? Yes.
1: Whoa. So It's really big.
0: Yeah. Oh. So, you know what I'm saying? There are places that are doing it. PG County has their gate. In their golf carts and stuff, and that's good.
1: Well, no, it was just that one. No, I know, no. I'm just fucking. No, right. I got good justice, friends from PG County. Club we went to. I got it's a good, huge county.
0: I got, I got friends Everybody from ain't PG. rich in PG County. I know, I got. <laughs> I,
1: yeah,
0: I know. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs>
0: you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But potty break. Tell us, tell them what potty break is.
1: Potty break is so, okay, so I, as you stated in the beginning, I used to model. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to get invited to a lot of parties. And some of those, was one promoter, there um, was this promoting, promoter group called, um, what was their name, Black Diamonds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Derek When Corley. I moved to New
0: York, that was the, they was popping.
1: They was it. So mm-hmm. he used to pay me to come to the club every week with my friends and I was cause I then well, you know it was like a lot of promoters would be like oh you know come to my party and I would be like you know come bring your girls no dudes I'm like okay then one day it hit me like wait a minute I was <laughs> like you're fucking duping me I'm like I'm, you're pimping me right. and I'm like if you want me to come you gotta pay my cab fare mm-hmm. and then that escalated to and you buying my drinks mm-hmm. and then when I started do, um, working with Derek Corley I was like I mean it wasn't a lot of money I was in college but you know mm-hmm. I was popping cause I was modeling for baby fat and I was rolling around Russell Simmons and all these people so um, I had some leverage so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I was just like well you know he would pay me get me a table and get me bottles no doubt and then when I was kind of like a pimp, because it was a shortage of girls, like at my table, I would just go out outside of VIP, and um, I don't want to say the bougie term but anyway. Just say
0: the shit. Now my people, they understand. We used to
1: call it gin pop.
0: Okay, it's horrible. You go out and gin pop, just general population, <laughs> and get some general population girls right. to some pretty girls to populate the VIP, to come
1: populate VIP. You gave and them an upgrade. We were just eye candy.
0: That's like getting an upgrade at the American at the Airlines. airport, right.
1: <laughs> exactly, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you're Go cute. plop
0: your ass out of coach.
1: Right. <laughs> You'd be like, you want to come upstairs and drink for free? And, you know, they was, first they would be a little hesitant, but then they would be like, oh, well, she gotta look weird and creepy. Actually, some of those girls I'm actually still really good friends with, oddly enough.
0: No doubt. But, So, um... so you out there, you you out there in the clubs, mm-hmm. you at the at the VIP tables, you got mm-hmm. the bottles and shit, and you turned this into a story.
1: Right. You know, I was just like, okay, I want to do a story about just you know, I like the idea of mumblecore, Mm -hmm. and you know, I like I like dialogue, I like conversation, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of a lost art form. Well, that's
0: what we are. We are in the conversation. Exactly. We a mumblecore podcast.
1: Mumblecore. We mumbling. We out here,
0: but not to be confused with mumble rap. No. You know what I mean? Mumble. Go look it up. Go look it up. Get your encyclopedias out. Wikipedia. Hit hit your Google box.
1: Yeah, so all those movies, right? These are feature films with just people talking and like and sometimes in one room, you know what I mean? Right. So I'm like, all right, let's do something like that, but put it, you know, do it, you know, combine it with something that I know, which is that, that club environment. You know, right. I wanted it to kind of have a fashion feel to it. So that's why we had like, you know, some nice clothes, even though, you know, we, we would <laughs> we shot all of that in such a short amount of time. Right. Um, you know, it was just I, I think I was I was being very ambitious, but um, <laughs> but I think you know so we didn't really get to really highlight some of the wardrobe the way I want the way I thought I would right. but I love the way it came out I think it was perfect because um, initially we we had a team that was trying to shoot it like it was going to be on network television and I'm like yeah we don't want it to, we don't want it to look that sharp and crisp. Like, I don't want to be judged on that level. Right. You know what I mean? I kind of was thinking of Money and Violence.
0: right? So which you- had a
1: p- terrible production value, but the writing was so good it didn't matter and you right. couldn't just stop watching it. So, you know, and then you came in and you shot it so, like. So
0: you're saying you came to the gutter to get some <laughs> exactly. raggedy looking shit? I was like, what, no. That, is that I what want, you're saying?
1: I'm saying I wanted it to look. I don't look, know
0: whether to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no,
1: is this a compliment? Was, or no, no. Shit.
0: <laughs> no. Am i being you know insulted I mean? here. <laughs> he shot it. He tried to
1: shoot it with an overhead light. And, the you know, the other actress was dark skin. And he's trying to blow it out to make her look lighter. And I was like, right. I don't want that. Right. I want it to look authentic. I want it to look like not not like a music video, but like a documentary. Right. Okay. Not like you
0: wanted to look authentic. I'll I want it to I'll look authentic,
1: that. like a music video slash documentary. Right which is the world I came from. Mm-hmm. Real. I did not want it to look like it was being shot. You know, I fucking hate club scenes on TV shows. They always look stupid and terrible. You well, know what I'm talking about? Like on yeah, TV shows.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my own beef with that. I hate them because they never dancing. At the right pace. No. The, the music don't ever match. They don't ever clap on the right beat. Right. I was a music supervisor, so that was the my pet peeve of any movies with music. But it's a reason why that happens. You know what I'm saying? Because they clear
1: the music after.
0: You clear the music after. And it's a way to put the dancing and the clapping to a certain BPM.
1: That's what I was about to say. Like, but you they, just say they, I want Right. They
0: have that. They have thump tracks is what they call them. And you play it and they dance to a certain beat, but then it all boils down to the music editor. And when the music editor puts the music to the film, you have to have somebody that really understands. He needs
1: some rhythm. Yeah, he
0: needs to know that the clap goes on the two, not the one. You know what I'm saying? Right. So
1: you come from kind of a music background. Yeah, I come from
0: a music background.
1: Besides, but also you worked in like magazines. I worked in
0: magazines. I made songs, I produced.
1: Right, exactly. So you understand rhythm. I was
0: a rapper, per se. I know. (laughs) Ah!
1: But so you understand rhythm. Right. I'm black. Yes. So this other guy, right, Mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, he was not our people. uh,
0: Yeah, of course.
1: No no doubt. So, yes, so. so, um, so, yeah, I just wanted it to have that authenticity. And it, it, I mean, I just couldn't believe, like, you know, the way it came out. It was, like, everything that I wanted. Right. And it was perfect, you know, and it was fun. Like, everyone was like, how was that, shooting everything in one room? I'm like, "Well, first that of all, was the fun
0: part. Well, first, you got to let them know. Okay, so Party Break is a is a show that's basically based in the bathroom of the club.
1: Right. Every and episode. In
0: each episode, you know the main characters enter the bathroom and the show takes place there you have a couple of appearances and people pop in and out you know what I'm saying randomly sometimes
1: mm-hmm. but
0: this is what it is so it's women in the women's bath in the in the women's bathroom yeah and
1: and we do what we do in the bathroom we talk shit we fart
0: <laughs> oh shit we use the bathroom it's terrible being the only guy <laughs> being the only guy on the set for the most part besides um Robert Glasper. Robert Glasper shot one episode, so he was there for one episode. But for the rest of that shit, it was just me. It's very uh, intimidating. I
1: didn't realize that, but it's right.
0: Being in a women's bathroom, or shooting women's shit in the bathroom. Not shit shit, but, you know what I'm saying, stuff. Shooting women's stuff in the bathroom and hearing women talk and what they talk about in the bathroom. This shit is... You know, you I would have rather not. <laughs> oh,
1: like the menstrual cup conversation. You I mean, that?
0: all that, you With know Santana? what I'm saying? We supposed to be in the club, like no one hear all that. But that's
1: what we really talk about in the bathroom. Of course,
0: that's what y'all talk about in yeah. y'all bathroom. Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but I mean, I think you know it's funny when I watch Potty Break, I actually like watching it like an as an audience member. Mhm. Like, I don't, when I, I don't see myself on screen. Okay. I just see, I don't know, there's a disconnect. Right. But I just enjoy watching these two girls. (laughs) It's weird. I can't really explain it, but it's fun. It's what, it's kind of like what I wanted to see. Right. So I just did what I wanted to watch.
0: So, you know, I think that it was pioneering in the fact that, you know, it takes you places where you don't necessarily get to go.
1: Right.
0: You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's, I guess that's what this whole era is all about. This, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, if you look at, like, Instagram, right? And the shit you see on Instagram, like, you might see somebody on their story. They in their room getting ready for the club or whatever. They might be going to bed and telling some story. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, you know how much rapping you had to do to be able to see somebody in their room getting ready for bed. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? You had to had to go through a whole scenario. You had to lay your whole Mac down. Mm-hmm. Meet somebody, talk to them, get to the house. You know what I'm saying? It's like now, it's just, just everybody just everywhere doing what they do.
1: But it kind of like desensitizes people. It's even like, even with dating, like I feel like people are not even like it's so weird. I feel like everyone's just numb and, like, disconnected. Yeah. Like, people don't even try to get to know each other. You it's get everything like, for free now. Yeah, everything is just, like, sex. You
0: know what I'm saying? Because it's like, all right, we done got through all of, all the. Of, I know who you are. I know what you talk about. I know I what does. your mama looked like. I, I know see, your uncle died like I done week. seen you in your drawers. Right. You know how much it had to take to get a picture of somebody in their drawers? Right. On the motherfucking Kodak. <laughs> got down, <laughs> take it to the, to the Eckert's to get developed <laughs> you know
1: what I'm saying <laughs> shit you didn't want the man developing the photos exactly to see you naked exactly really so it's
0: like it. it's like you know what I'm saying it used to take a lot of work
1: I mean not that I was around then that's what I heard shut
0: you know. the out. Oh, whatever <laughs> any old <way>.
1: I'm millennial-ish <laughs> exactly
0: whatever <laughs> <laughs> millennial by heart
1: <laughs> uh, no I actually am on the tail end
0: okay whatever
1: <laughs> <laughs> you beginning. was
0: modeling for Fat Farm. Baby fat.
1: Baby fat. Baby fat. Same, but thing. I was a teenager. Okay. Twenty years ago.
0: Kamora was too.
1: Yeah, Kamora's older
0: than me. <laughs> 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 i
1: I love Kimora though. Yeah,
0: Kamora's dope.
1: A lot of who I am is because of her. Kimora. She got yo. She's a mother.
0: She's, she, oh, she. I can curse right. She's a mother. She don't get movies. as much credit as she deserves. Because she came in this thing, and, you know what I'm saying, people give Russell a lot of credit, but, you know what I'm saying, she was the flavor, you know what I'm saying? And and
1: he used to say that. She
0: was the look. And then...
1: And the personality, and and the the attitude.
0: And then in the end... And she's
1: hood, because she's from St. Louis, but she had that sophistication, because she was in Paris from when she was 14, Marlon Fishing Now.
0: And in the end, she knew how to take all that shit and really make it work, you know what I'm saying? And she made it work, you know what I'm saying? Like... She ended up running the company.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, and I had this little one, you know what I'm saying? I had this one little trip, and the people on the podcast, they know about this trip. I went to St. Bart one time, right? And Kamora, like, when you out there, everybody is, you know, you got the richest people in the world out there, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody holding their own, they got their own thing. And Kamora, this particular year, she had a she she stayed on a yacht you know what i'm saying Mm, mm -hmm. and her shit was the biggest yacht of all the yachts in the harbor you know what i'm saying and it's just a statement to say you know what i'm saying i'm i'm up in this bitch (laughs) don't you forget (laughs) you know what i'm saying who the fuck i am she helped make
1: that shit hot
0: I mean she it's all of that, you know what I mean? It's like you got the flavor, but you also know how to present that shit and how to stun on a motherfucker. And these motherfuckers got all the shit, you know what I'm saying? They got all the shit they could ever want. Mm-hmm. But you still come through that bitch and be like, Oh, Kamora has the biggest boat. And that's the talk of the town. Really? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh Kamora's boat.
1: It's funny, I dated this guy years ago and he was he I mean he was really well off. I mean, he had like he lent some of his artwork to like the Met or something, right? Mm-hmm. And we were in the Hamptons once and we were on some boats. And it was kind of, I thought it was kind of gross because the guy had like Louis Vuitton um, leather in the bathroom walls. And I was like, why this is that is... gross? I mean, it was just kind of weird. Stunting like,
0: on these bitches, what's, what's happening?
1: I mean, you know, okay.
0: You know what I'm saying? That's... You act like you ain't from Harlem.
1: I am. you from where Dapper right. Dan Dapper, from. I know, that's so funny. <laughs> what the I've been known Dapper Dan <laughs> you know since saying? I was a little girl. Exactly.
0: So what you mean, <laughs> you don't know what the it's disgusting. You but know what it was It's just like
1: it was just a very like, it was kind of uncomfortable on the boat because it was so much excess of stuff like right. that that mm-hmm. you couldn't relax. If you get my you dress. Couldn't relax. Right, okay, whatever. You're right. See,
0: you gotta as You're they right. as D. Lemon would say, you had to exorcise the broke at yourself. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Okay. You had to get the broke out You know what I'm saying? So it was you could just, relax.
1: It was just, a, um, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a fun thing. Right, it was right. like a, it was a, everyone was.
0: Celebration of riches.
1: It wasn't even celebration of riches. It felt like no one could really be themselves. You know?
0: Until somebody come and be themselves and then they take over. Right. See, that's how it go.
1: Right. So anyway, um so we we leave the boat we you know we had fun. It was great. You know, we were taking pictures, it was fun, um eventually. And then the next morning my my um ex and his friend were just like ah oh. they were just like so angry and like hating on this guy about oh, this boat must be worth this amount of money and that, that, that. And I'm yes? looking like what?
0: That's when you can't buy that boat.
1: I was, right. And I was <laughs> just like, yo, like you got what so many people would kill for, and you still not satisfied that you hating on this other dude. Cause he, I was see, like, when does it stop?
0: But see, it don't. That's the whole thing. And Dame Dash said it one time. It was like,
1: Why are we talking about him?
0: Because he had a point that, 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 that fits this conversation. And Dame said, you know what I'm saying, no matter how rich you get, there's always a guy with a bigger boat.
1: Right.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And
1: Literally.
0: So it, it doesn't, you know what I'm saying, it doesn't stop. You know what I'm saying? So at some point, you just have to be happy. Right. Where you at. Right. Because it's going to be a guy that's going to build a boat bigger than yours and better than yours. A
1: Louis Vuitton bathroom.
0: Right. Because boats, <laughs> boats ain't cheap. No. You know what I'm saying? So when when Kodak Black said, let me drive the boat, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a testament to shit. Everybody can't get a motherfucking boat. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then when you get a boat, you can't get the big boat. Or you can't get the biggest boat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Why you got to put that voice on?
0: Because that's how you got to let a nigga know. That's when you let a nigga know something. You See, You turn might
1: it, you just turn into Fred Stanford.
0: You know what I'm saying? That's how you got to let a nigga know. Shit, there's a boat that you ain't going to be boat, able to buy.
1: But you can't have every boat.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's a big boat that you can't buy. <laughs>
1: you got the old Negro spiritual exactly. voice Exactly. That's,
0: that's when you had to break a motherfucker down to their primal instincts. You know what I'm saying? Remember, you was a slave once.
1: Right, right, and remembering that should humble your ass.
0: Yeah, so shut the fuck up and ride right. the boat.
1: Right,
0: and pop you some champagne wherever the fuck you at in the Bahamas.
1: Listen, as long as you're healthy, that's the wealthiest thing. That's the wealthiest wealthy. That's dad. what
0: they say. Until you try to buy a boat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I got hey. all this
0: health, man. I'm looking for. I'm trying hey. to get that motherfucking 300 footer.
1: Shh. <laughs> <laughs> your, your old Negro spiritual voice just made me think of something. What's that? Uh, last night, Who Killed Malcolm X premiered
0: mm-hmm.
1: on this new network called Fusion. Did you see it?
0: No, I don't even know about Fusion. What's Fusion?
1: <sighs> Some new network. Um, I can't tell you much about it. I just saw it. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, it's going to be on Netflix starting in January. Who um,
0: Killed Malcolm X? Well, Did you I watch don't want
1: to get killed, but you could Google Moss Twenty Five. I mean, the I, thought guys... the, I thought they
0: already know who the guy was. So
1: it was one guy was really one of the shooters that they mm-hmm. shot in the leg that was trying to run out of Audubon Ballroom, and then it was two other guys that got convicted. Mm-hmm. Those guys were from a mosque in Harlem, had mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. One guy is in the um, in the documentary. He was also at the screening at the Schomburg the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, he's eighty-two years old, looks really young, but um. <laughs> He did 20 years, both yeah, of them did 20 years. You know, years.
0: jail be preserving people. You <laughs> he come home from jail with that right. good skin, I don't do know the right. what the fuck is happening.
1: Well, he got a master's degree, he was teaching, he was chilling. People mm-hmm. in there knew he didn't do it, so he didn't really get... Luckily, right, he didn't right. get... The, I mean, it was hard, obviously, but he was like, he didn't really... Get fucked with because people knew that it was a setup. Um, So the actual killers came from Moss 25 outside of Newark, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So you can Google who ran that. Um, Oh, well, actually, it's kind of out. I don't know. I wasn't there, but (laughs) I know one of Malcolm X's daughters was an assassination plot against this person Mm -hmm. who used to run Moss 25. Who was this person? He's very popular. He out here. Just say it. I'm not saying his name. I'm
0: finna Google the shit.
1: Yeah, Google He run it now? He used to. Just just Google Moss 25. All
0: right, now. Go Um, ahead. Continue. But that
1: person had apologized afterwards. He actually testified on behalf of Malcolm X's daughter, so she didn't have to do time. She did probation. Mm -hmm. But he was saying that he's sorry if he said anything that led to the death of Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these guys... Oh, are, Louis Farrakhan? Uh, I mean, you know.
0: Oh, you ain't saying it. So they saying Louis Farrakhan... I mean, i heard that before. I mean,
1: you gotta... They don't say that. It's six parts. Only the mm-hmm. first one came out yesterday. Um, but I kind of just... will start Googling and investigating everything, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh my God. Yeah,
0: you know. <sighs> you
1: but know. it's a good... It's a good series. I mean, you can come away from it with your own opinion. I mean, I only saw one episode, but, you know, and like... A trailer, but um, yeah, I think everyone should watch that. Okay. <laughs> you're an asshole.
0: I, no, I'm for real. I'm like, okay, you with the, <laughs> the little bit of information. <laughs> got me over here on the Google box. <laughs> now they're going to be coming after me and shit. They already, man, Paracon, them already know me, man.
1: They you know do. Oh, because you're Muslim. Nah. But you're not a nation of Islam, Muslim.
0: No, no, I'm not. Muslim, Muslim. But they know me.
1: You Mecca Muslim.
0: Word. And it's all good. Yes. We out here.
1: If we had another hour, I would want to ask you some more questions. Ask me a question. What you got?
0: We got. We got time. We got. uh, We we only halfway through.
1: Oh okay. Just um about. Well, I think a lot about like Christianity. Uh huh. And the fact that before we came to this country, our people, Mm -hmm. um, we weren't practicing Christianity. No doubt. I rock with it because I don't have no reason not to. And honestly, I mean, it's whatever, but (laughs) I just think about why um, a lot of black people in the 60s and 70s -hmm. converted to Islam. Mm -hmm. And um, I would like to know why your family, your dad did.
0: I don't know why. I wasn't there. But <clears throat> I was but
1: he didn't grow up Muslim.
0: Nah, he we from the slaves. Right. We um uh, off the boat. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like most of everybody else. Now, nah, my pops, you know what I'm saying? He felt like, you know, he grew up in Cleveland and then um he went to the Vietnams. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? He 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 lied about his age so he could go to the Navy and go wow. to the Vietnam. So he I guess he left when he was about sixteen. Wow. Cause, you know, it was impoverished in right. Cleveland. And um you know he made his way he came you know he got through he made it back you know my grandma had moved to Miami at the time and he came to visit her and he thought it was a cool place to be mm-hmm. and so he set up shop but you know what I'm saying <clears throat> you know you start growing up you and your you know you're in your, your 20s and shit and you start thinking damn I'm I'm walking around with this name you know what I'm saying from you know, a father that I, that ain't give a fuck about me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That went on by his own way. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And you know, I'm walking around with his name. Then his name came from a motherfucker who had us enslaved mm-hmm. and shit. You know what I'm saying? This movement is going on. You know, it's black power. This black power that is happening in the '60s and shit. So you looking at it like, okay, <clears throat> you start reading and start getting information, and you you start disassociating yourself with what's not really connected to you. You know what I mean? So why am I holding on to a past that wasn't really for me? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why don't I create a future of my own making? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's how he, he, that's how he would break it down to us. You know what I'm saying? This is something we're starting fresh. Because we're the only Muslims in our whole core. You know what I'm saying? We Everybody Christian. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I, it's a show on in the conversation you go back to uh, look up uh, Go Against Your Grandma that's the episode go
1: against your grandma go
0: against your grandma episode where you know I had to tell my grandma we don't eat pork and she like well I made pork chops <laughs> motherfucker and I'm like well we I guess we won't eat and
1: she's like I guess you going to stop <laughs> and
0: then then you know we had a we had a stare off like the puff daddy the stare off meme we was looking at the other dude <laughs> mm-hmm. and she was like I don't know why your mama them did this to you they grew up on pork And then she made us something different. You know what I'm saying? So I'm representing me and my little sister, and you know what I'm saying? That's a hard position to be in as a kid to go against your grandma.
1: You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like, she's
0: the (laughs) ultimate authority figure above your parents. You know what I'm saying?
1: sounds like a short
0: film. You know what I'm saying? It's above... She above everybody. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, you got like 13 kids, you know what I'm saying? Aunts, uncles, cousins, sitting there looking at you do this. And you got to you know what I'm saying do this shit in front of everybody and that's well, what Well, that was. was a
1: great act of love on her part to even like kind of like break down to it. Yeah. And she I mean, she
0: didn't it. she didn't I think I think I think she really respected that shit in the end.
1: Right, obviously you know what saying? she could have been That's why I was like, oh, well, you going to starve? You know what my mom said. <laughs>
0: Right, and then I was like, okay. Right. But I think in the end, she really respected that shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, I can't prove it. And it's
1: it. truth to it. That's funny, so in the um, documentary in the first part with Malcolm X, they showed a clip of an interview he did on some um, white news program, and they were just like, well, what's your last name? He's like, I just told you, it's X. They was like, well, clearly that's not the name, you're a barn. <laughs> and they were like, and then he was just breaking it down, and they were just like really trying to like push and push him, and he was just like, he broke that shit down so crazy.
0: All right, so... You know what I'm saying in that time you had you know this move it felt exciting you know what I'm saying it felt it felt like yeah we might be able to do something Like you we, could
1: reclaim something Yeah you
0: could reclaim something cuz it was more than just about the name it's and about
1: having an attachment to something Right
0: it's about it was about you know the near neighborhoods your communities being self-sustainable growing food eating to live all the shit what people doing now like whole foods and all this health eating shit mm-hmm. is what they was doing in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like you know even even down to the hemp and, you know what I'm saying, shit like that, like growing herbs. Like My mom used to grow bean sprouts under the counter. You know wow, what I'm saying? Oh,
1: really?
0: So it was a whole nother thing of being in tune with nature, mm-hmm. the way you feed yourself, and how you relate to each other,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: how you take care of each other instead of depending on the motherfuckers who don't really care about you. You know what I'm saying? Depending on... You know what I'm saying? The community at large to take care of your community. Mm -hmm. That ain't really how it should be.
1: So funny you should say that. um, I want in my inbox today, I got an article from History.com, you know, the History Channel, Mm -hmm. um, on their blog or whatever. They had an article that came out today, obviously. Um, It talked, I was really shocked. It talked about how the Black Panther Party, how, you know, they were a threat to the American government, Mm -hmm. but how their breakfast program is what's... It seems to be what started the country off with giving free breakfasts yeah. to kids.
0: Free lunch and breakfast. The, the free st- breakfast yeah, yeah, program,
1: which started the year after the Black Panther Party started. No doubt. And it talked about all the horrible things. When J. Edgar Hoover kind of gave um, American cities and police departments like free reign to kind of terrorize the Black Panther Party, mm-hmm. um, some of the things that they did, but... Uh, the teachers would comment how the kids would come in and not be, like, crying and having hunger pains and
0: right falling asleep at their
1: desk because they were eating. So they a, actually, yeah.
0: It's a real thing, you know what I'm saying? And <clears throat> those are the types of things that they were talking about. Like, you go, like, when you go to the mass gym on Sunday and sh- you know what I mean? It wasn't just a whole lot of... On Sunday? Yeah, you went on Sunday. You go Friday yeah. for Juma. And yeah, Sunday, I went to one of those Sunday for the regular service. I know. And um a lot of the conversation is more about taking care of yourself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's the conversation you hear. Like, you know, how to, it's like what, what Nipsey talking about. It's mm-hmm. what they was talking about. You know what I'm saying? So that's, a, that's, that's wow. the, the same type of conversation. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, build something in your own community. Mm-hmm. Like, what Nipsey was doing, Brother Rasul was doing in Mop City, in Liberty City, you know what I'm saying? But it's a little section called Mop City right on 7th Ave, mm-hmm. where Rasul... Was running that program. yeah mm-hmm. he Rasul's is still there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. That's why you could go by your Balis and you know what I'm saying, your linen set mm-hmm. or whatever. Like you know what I'm saying, your hood fashions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. That was Brother Rasul, but he owned the Plaza. You know what I mean. And that was the the format that they was talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's the format you know I grew up under. So all of that kind of conversation probably was appealing to a guy who came from poverty. You know what I'm saying? Trying to figure out who he is, been to Vietnam, fought the war, came back. And you know what I'm saying? You're trying to put it all together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think <clears throat> once he started to f- realize, okay, how he wanted to move, mm-hmm. um, he said he, you know, outside, even outside of religion, I think before the religion part, he found this book called um, As a Man Thinketh. Mm-hmm. And, I have that
1: book.
0: And he would read it. James Allen. Yeah, he would read that at his little job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's a and really
1: thin book. Really it's really thin, read, but yeah. it's, it's,
0: it's it's deep, mm-hmm. and it's dense in mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. So he read that book and really started to try to put his thoughts together on how he wanted to make it happen.
1: Wow, okay. And
0: and that, that's how all that came about.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Since, uh, you know now your podcast. You're asking the questions. <laughs> what, else, what else you got?
1: <laughs> well, since you brought up, uh, we, since we're talking about Miami, mm-hmm. we might as well talk about the Super Bowl.
0: Super Bowl in Miami. Now, Super Bowl in Miami is interesting <laughs> because Super Bowl in Miami changed the way I thought about a lot of things. Right before I moved to New York, New York, it was a Super Bowl in Miami. Mm-hmm. But it was one right before that, like 94 maybe. Mm-hmm. I came here in 99, so it was one like 94 maybe, 99. So you could look it up and see the real dates. But in the '90, the, the earlier one, it was a thing where, you know, you had a rampant, you know, it was drugs in Miami, it Miami. You know what I'm saying? You had you know uh,
1: Scarface, Dub. We saw the movie. I
0: mean, beyond Scarface, you had black <laughs> drug dealers.
1: You know what I was mean? talking about drugs. Uh, okay. you know what I mean, 15th Ave. You know I mean, I know what
0: you're talking about. No convertible bird, silky slim, muscle name's sake. You know what I mean? I mean, it's plenty, plenty mm-hmm. of people.
1: My name, no, my namesake, Tony Montana.
0: No doubts.
1: As you were.
0: So you know, 15th Ave was the main drug supermarket for. All my life. When I was born, 15th Ave was, <laughs> was you know, you ever watch The Wire? Yeah. You remember when they had Hamsterdam? Mm-hmm. 15th Ave was Hamsterdam. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So every block had a different spot. You know, every corner had a different spot. So you might be able to get $5 crack here. You know what I'm saying? This spot only take $20. This spot got the nickel bag weed. This spot got dime bag weed. You know what I'm saying? So every little corner had its own little specialty.
1: My sister and I used to collect crack bottles when we were younger.
0: That's not a great uh, (laughs) fucking thing to do.
1: We were kids; we didn't know. And one day, my mom found. Your
0: mom should have been like, "Lost
1: her mind." What the fuck? She's like, "What the fuck are you doing with these?" We're like, "Mommy, chill." They're like bottles for our dolls. They're like Lego. I'm like, "Mommy, I'm green." And my sister and I used to trade. I got blue. I got pink. I got green. that is wild. Life is
0: fucked up. So 15th Ave was that okay. all my life. And okay. then when the Super Bowl was coming, there was a war. There was the Haitians, the Zoes.
1: I met him before.
0: I mean, that's not them. It's the whole community.
1: No, there's a guy named Zoe.
0: It's a community of Zoes, too.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Okay. It's a lot of different Zoes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But it was a war going on with the Zoes and John Doe's who were, you know what I'm saying, some guys from the A, And when the Super Bowl came, it was kind of like the deciding factor. You know what I'm saying? Super Bowl came, and you see what they can do if they want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they would come through the Ave and, and big-ass 18-wheelers with all the whole SWAT teams and the shit with the with the backup, with the red light and the shit. Mm-hmm. And they would ride through slow, let you know mm-hmm. that it's going down, and you either leave – or they coming back with a jump out. So they did that for probably about 2 weeks and shit and cleaned the whole shit up, put barricades along the blocks, made it one way in, one way one way out and shut that whole shit down. When the Super Bowl came, they cleaned uh, the, all the whole the, the major holes, mm-hmm. they they had drug spots, they cleaned all of that. The the was shut down 15. They shut all that shit down for the Super Bowl. How convenient. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then the 99 Super Bowl, <clears throat> it was a rough patch in life.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? It was a rough patch. You got to explain.
0: You know what I mean? I was broke. I was trying to figure my way out. You know what I'm saying? I was trying. You know, I was producing and shit. I produced some records for some dope dealer labels. And then, you know, dope dealers take off for the holidays, you know. <laughs> they like to buy cars for Christmas. Okay. Get paint jobs. They're not into spending money on their business, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? We're supposed to be back in the studio. Niggas ain't go back in the studio. It's just like, fuck Ali, because <laughs> my car got to get out the shop, and I'm buying gifts, and I'm buying purses, and I'm buying, you know what I'm saying? I'm showing up. So anyway, I was strapped for money, you know what I'm saying? It was Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying? And my people came down, and we was hanging out, and... They wanted to do some real. They wanted to go to the puffy party. You know
1: what
0: I'm saying? Okay. And you know I'm like okay, all right, all right. So we roll. It's about fifteen of us. You know what I'm saying? And <clears throat> and they from the Midwest and they all balling. They got all their shit. I got nothing. And so we. They want to go to puffy party. We get the puffy party. And
1: what's this Bmf?
0: No, this is before Bmf. This ninety nine. Okay. Bmf is. Later, okay. 2000s. So we get to the puff party and it's an invite only party. Mm. So it's like, oh shit. So then I we get to the front and I ended up knowing somebody that was at the door. Like, oh mm. shit, it was Keisha Walker. Keisha Walker from <laughs> Insights Marketing right now. <laughs> Keisha Walker, what's up, Keisha? She's like, oh shit, what's up? And then she was like, I was like, what, what's the deal? She was like, how many of y'all? I'm like, it's, it's all up. There's <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of. It's a posse. She was like, well, I can't let all y'all in. Half y'all, I'll let half y'all in, half y'all got to pay. And, you know, you niggas pulling out money from everywhere, like money coming out of socks and, you know what I'm saying? So they just like, oh, shit. So we go in, we have a great time. You know what I'm saying? They have a great time. It's Puffy's right there. Everybody's there. And that same particular thing started to happen everywhere we went that whole weekend. So niggas thought I was a magician. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, who is this nigga he was like, a, like they little genie in the bottle. Barstool. You know what I'm saying? Let <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> rub his head. We going to get in this shit. <laughs> so he kind of let me know I had a, a more power than I thought I had. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But then I moved to New York, and then it was on from there. Okay. But that's, you know what I'm saying, that's Super Bowl in Miami is kind of special to me. So now Super Bowl is in Miami this year.
1: Okay.
0: And what you want to know about it? <laughs> you know, I just had to let people know. You know what I'm saying? I
1: forgot what we brought it up. So today I was reading that your Miami, um, the king of Miami. The mayor. The mayor. Okay. Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. is mad at Jay-Z. and he Everybody mad at Jay-Z all He the said time. Jay-Z's breaking the G code because mm-hmm. he coming into his city mm-hmm. and he ain't got I think what he's really trying to say is that he should have been the one like creative directing the show. <laughs> but okay. what his mouth is saying is that it should be headlining. Instead of J-Lo and Shakira, Pitbull should be the headliner because mm-hmm. he's from Miami, and okay. he should have Shakira and J-Lo as his um, guest. Mm-hmm. And then he should have Flo Rida performing and have Trina and Trick Daddy and other Miami superstars.
0: Mm-hmm. If I was and- Luke, I would think the same way.
1: Okay. So I, would, I, I, would, I would feel
0: like that. When? I would feel like that if I was Luke and I was sitting in Miami and I had nothing to lose and I'm just going to say some stuff and I'm going to put the people out who, who one, I had a hand in raising up, and then two, you know what I'm saying, <clears throat> you know, we're going to represent the city. Yeah, I'm going to say that.
1: Okay.
0: However, if I'm Jay-Z and you sitting across the boardroom table, you got you got your whole team putting together the artists that are going to make the impact on whatever network television on the the biggest network event advertising network event of all network events you're going to you're going to look at the top level first
1: they always do with the Super Bowl.
0: Exactly. So There's
1: always been mega stars.
0: Definitely. Definitely going to be mega stars. Not
1: big rap stars. Mega stars.
0: Exactly. So <clears throat> you're going to look at that first. Just like last year, they had Travis Scott. You know what I'm saying?
1: But he wasn't the headliner.
0: He was under it, Maroon
1: 5. Maroon 5. Exactly.
0: Right. So, yes, you got to secure the headliner, the shit that's going to make the splash. But
1: you know what I'm saying? But the beginning of the Super Bowl halftime show, they've never... Book the talent based on the city.
0: Well, they did last year a little bit. In
1: Atlanta? Yeah. Maroon fives from Atlanta?
0: No, but they had big boy. They had a whole Atlanta segment. Right, exactly. You know
1: so they don't even know what the horse is going to perform Exactly, You put in the cart before the horse. Right. And it could be a turnoff. Nah.
0: I mean, motherfuckers, streets are always going to be turning people off. That The streets don't care about being a turnoff.
1: I just feel like with this whole, I don't know, it's this new climate of when people want to jump down Jay-Z's throat. And I'm just like, you don't even know what the full lineup the full show is yet.
0: Exactly. So, you know, of course, like again, like I said, if I was Luke, I would feel the same way. Because at one point, not at the Super Bowl per se, Luke did have the clout to say, if you come into Miami, you need to check in.
1: 20 years ago. That's like...
0: More than that. But, you know what I'm saying? That's
1: like... Bumpy Johnson, um, that's no, but a bad example, but I'm, but I'm some just some old Harlem person trying to come. But out I'm saying, but if if, if
0: like. all old Harlem person had the twitters, uh-huh. and and they seen what was going on Jay Z, and they felt like, well, you know, Jay Z check in with the motherfuckers who built this shit. They gonna say that shit. They supposed to say that shit. Everybody, you know, everybody gonna throw their little hat in the ring. Right okay, from from the top to the bottom. Fair now. That ain't got nothing to do with nothing. You know what I'm saying? Pitbull probably got a chance to be up on. Pitbull or
1: Ray spoke to J Lo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: yeah, J Lo done reached out to Pitbull. Whatever. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? Trick Daddy. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? If if network TV is is ready for Trick Daddy. Now I did have Trick Daddy at the Disney World, (laughs) (laughs) which was a stretch, and he performed a clean show and he did his thing. It was it was a beautiful moment. (laughs) <laughs> to it wasn't later in the night, but it was a beautiful moment. He performed, and it was everything went great. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so I know he could do a clean show, but optically, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I'm not gonna book Trick first on that same show. We had Trick. We our, we had Destiny's Child and motherfucking um cameo and like you know people who are more
1: Trick Daddy had one of the greatest rap songs of all time. Which
0: one? But which one? That single that made him famous.
1: Which one? I don't remember the Is name.
0: He got a lot of songs. You don't know now? I
1: don't
0: know. Oh, I'm a thug.
1: I'm
0: world, a thug. Yeah, that was my theme song. You know
1: that I'm a thug. See. All day, every day.
0: You know that I'm a thug.
1: Wouldn't change for the world.
0: You know that I'm a thug.
1: That's right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was my theme song in my mind. No doubt. But but, and I don't think a lot of people knew that song outside of people that was watching video music, But It's
0: okay. That shit, he was, he was big. But another thing about that, that 99 Super Bowl, that's mm-hmm. when Trick Daddy blew. Mm. Because at that Puff Daddy party, there was a D- Flex was there, and there was a DJ also on the side that played the You Don't Know Now with him and Trina. You
1: and, Don't
0: Know Now. And that's everybody crazy. went crazy. At the party. At the party, they went crazy. Flex is looking like, and it's an interesting thing because I was there. I seen Flex looking like, what the fuck is going on? When I moved to New York a couple months later, that's Flex. a
1: local party after the fucking, after the fucking Super Bowl. I'm talking no. about telephone. No, no, no. Though. I'm just. I'm just this is sense. a
0: sidebar. This is oh. a sidebar. This isn't oh. a side. Just oh. remember how you took me aside on some other <laughs> shit, on some PG County shit. This is an aside. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. At that party, Flex saw how people responded to the Trick Daddy record, mm. and brought that record to, to New, New York.
1: York. Oh. When
0: I moved to New York, that Trick Daddy record was playing on Hot 97,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it blew my mind. Wow. That oh, that was that was the era when it was just you don't know now. It was the Juvenile High <coughs> and the the JT Money, who that who that who that who. You know what I'm saying? That was playing in New York as Maybe, I don't know. It was some Southern shit on the radio, and I had never expected that. Okay. But that happened at that Super Bowl in 99. Right. So, Super Bowl is a big deal for everybody involved. And yes, I would throw my hat in the ring if I had the opportunity and the Twitter fingers to do so.
1: Twitter fingers, that's what this is. You know Super what I'm saying?
0: Yes, is. definitely the Twitter fingers.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. it right, right up. Well, not too far from Miami is a state called Texas. That's far. Well, it's the
0: South. But it's far.
1: Well, to me, a New Yorker.
0: You can't. That ain't no. <laughs> it's close. That ain't no short You're closer drive. To New <laughs> you. It might be easier to take a boat, <laughs> but it ain't no close scenario. But yes, it is the South.
1: Because so you were talking about something about Texas earlier.
0: Okay, what about it?
1: You. You were telling me about something about some the cop girl.
0: Oh the oh oh Amber. Amber. You could have brought up Amber. Amber, Amber Geiger.
1: <laughs> Geiger.
0: Amber Geiger, who,
1: she, let me who bust
0: him. into somebody's apartment, my man Bo, and shot him. As rest he in was, peace. Rest in peace. As he Bo was am. chilling in his crib. Eating
1: ice cream.
0: Eating ice cream in his Watching shorts. Watching
1: TV. Chilling.
0: Next thing he know, this bitch. she in his crib with the gun, hitting with the double tap. Pop.
1: Okay. <laughs> so. You know, I didn't learn until today that outside of his door, when you see, I was looking at the um, the um, cop cam, what do you mm-hmm. call it? Body vest camera. She
0: didn't have us on, but go ahead. Right.
1: What's the body vest body camera cam. Called? Body cam. Cop cam, whatever. There was a bright-ass, red-ass fucking mat in front of his fucking Yeah, that's door.
0: the whole point of contention. She didn't have one, he had one.
1: So the door looked different.
0: But you, you stepped on a motherfucking mat.
1: You, you see a red-ass mat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it smelled like marijuana, and I saw a comment today that said every person's house has a distinctive smell.
0: Right, and she stopped in that shit and knew that wasn't her house.
1: Knew that wasn't your furniture. You even even if you open
0: the door and you smell that shit, you knew that was your house.
1: If your door is cracked open, who opens that shit?
0: First of all, it wasn't cracked open. She
1: said she put her key in and realized it was open. Listen,
0: listen, man. I guess that's all what they could prove in the evidence and what had to happen in the court. But in the court of speculation, we ain't got to go by that. In the court of speculation, they already show how all the doors in that apartment complex closes automatically. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? On with the electric lock. So then
1: how'd she get in?
0: Well, there's plenty of people that are saying that she was banging on the door. You know what I'm saying? That. But, you know, again, that was, I don't know if that was entered in the evidence or nothing, but when that was initially happened, there were plenty of people that saying that she was yelling and banging at the door. Now, <clears throat> he could have opened it, and then she blasted his motherfucking ass. You know what I'm saying? But I guess none of that was entered in the record, so that's only for the speculation report. But either way... She busted there, killed the man, went to trial, and it seemed like, you know what I'm saying, I was on baited breath because, you know, it seemed like they was gonna let her skate. You know what I'm saying? They they put the, the castle law, they just said the castle rule could apply it where- It didn't
1: apply because that only applies when it's your home.
0: Yeah, but they saying that if whatever the, the motherfucking um The
1: judge was a black woman, by the way.
0: But she's known for not being you think they chose a hard black woman? <laughs> Come on, you <laughs> no. think to move jurisdiction to go to a woman that's hard on, you know what I'm saying? They chose her because she's, you know what I'm saying, hard on crime and lean more on cops. So, oh. yeah, you know what I'm saying? is If you look, they're saying there's a lot of questionable shit she has done in her tenure. Really? Yeah. So they're not going to move the jurisdiction from, tech, from Dallas where they felt like she wouldn't get a fair trial to move her to a place where, you know what I'm saying, it was going to be even harder. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So they moved it to a judge, probably that they felt like they could get a better chance at, you know what I'm
1: saying? Well the, well, the prosecutor was the bomb because he, I guess, I saw that clip online last week on Friday when she testified and she was just like, um, I wish it was me instead of him who got shot. I wish he had the gun and shot me. She's But the, it's the butt. Mm-hmm. You're never sorry when it's a butt. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you never use a butt. She use said, it. but what? But I was so scared, and that's kind of like the uh, the default. Yeah, that's the default white woman. Shit.
0: You know right. what I'm saying? White lady tears.
1: Right. And I, I think if she was a little more attractive, maybe she would have had a better chance.
0: That, nah, see, I you, 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 you back to the you back, to the, you back to the, colorism.
1: Colorism. The bitch is ugly, and she's I, blonde. I understand. She's on the top but of the but fucking if She food was pretty.
0: She was pretty. It'd be okay she's for her to shoot ugly. him. She's pretty ugly. It would be okay for her to shoot him if she was well, pretty. Well,
1: I feel away, so I'm gonna be petty. The bitch is ugly.
0: Okay, all right. She was ugly anyway because she shot the man in and cold blood. And she was sleeping
1: with her partner who was married. Her credibility is already bad.
0: I mean, she she she's out here. She she's really out here. Yeah.
1: out. <laughs> she out
0: here. But now like, she gonna, now, out now here. she gonna be in there. She's gonna be under there. <laughs> she's gonna be in there. But anyway, she um. I thought they was going to let her skate with the, the stand-your-ground shit because they were saying that if, if the, the mistake of her being in, in, in the wrong place applied, then the stand-your-ground shit would apply. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, Lord, they done got the technicality. They was going to let her skate. It's some bullshit. <laughs> but, you know, they found— I
1: think that red mat did her in.
0: They found her guilty.
1: The red mat. You couldn't go around I think. I
0: think the fact that she used her training, the kill training, to kill him, because she admitted to hitting him with double tap, which is a training to to, be able to kill somebody.
1: Well, she shot to kill instead of to injure and
0: stuff. That's what I'm saying. She she admitted. She
1: could have retreated out of the She admitted
0: to shooting the kill. I think what doomed her was that she could have did a whole bunch of other shit instead of even going up in there. She yeah. said she heard noises that wasn't supposed to be there before she went in. You know what I'm saying? She went in, you know what I'm saying, and then automatically went straight to the kill.
1: On some George Zimmerman shit.
0: Exactly. Except for, they, they they got it right this time. Let's see what that sentencing do, though.
1: Hallelujah.
0: But, you know what I'm saying, the good thing is is the same jury does the sentencing in Texas. The jury that convicts you does your sentencing so that's that's, you know what I'm saying at least we know they felt like she was guilty so let's see what kind of time they want to give Mm her so apparently she's supposed to do at least five years we'll see I
1: hope she gets at least 15
0: five to life the other police the black police that did some crazy shit he got 12 years.
1: What, what black police?
0: Another black police in Texas that did some crazy shit. I don't be remembering their names. Oh. They okay. just, he just did some shit. I ain't against the police, man, because I know they got a job to do, and criminals got a job to do.
1: I love the police.
0: You know what I'm saying? Criminals got their job they're going to do. Police got their job they're going to do. And then there's people like me that's in the middle.
1: And a lot of times, can I be honest, you just got to... Res- if you give cops, just like any person, any human being, just show them some respect. I actually... I taught... Uh, no, let me, let me tell you why. I taught a film camp at Howard University mm-hmm. over the summer to some kids from 9 to 12 years old mm-hmm. and we have to pick a subject that we want to do a documentary on mm-hmm. and we did it on their fear of police right. and those c- cop shooting videos mm-hmm. and all the kids were terrified and we had a retired um, D.C. policeman come in and he, he had some good points. He said sometimes, he's like like any human being, if you get pulled over and you're like, come on, man, I ain't do nothing. I ain't showing you shit, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to put any human being on guard, mm-hmm. right? I think that sometimes, like all of these cop shooting videos that we've seen have been unjustified, right? Mm-hmm. I've not mm-hmm. seen anyone, especially with the situation with Philandro Castile, right? Mm-hmm. He did everything right. Mm -hmm. You know, I think police brutality is real. But I have a friend who got pulled over in Harlem and she was telling me about how she cursed the cops out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why would you do that? She's like, fuck him. And we were driving by. She's like, that's that motherfucker. I'm like, "What? you need to relax. Like, why are you poking? Like, just make your life easier. Stroke his ego. Who cares? You'll get away. Like, I've been pulled over. uh, I've done things. And then... I get away because I just be like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, officer. I fucking start acting.
0: Everybody got their way. You know what I'm saying? Because every, every, everybody got a response that they're going to evoke. You know what I'm saying? You a red girl. You might have a different response. That ain't response. got shit do, to do, do with it. Do. It. it do. If I'm me, same me, same color, I got a mouth full of gold teeth and dreads, it's a, I'm going to evoke a different response from a police. Yes, than, but
1: if he pulls you over and you say, Hi, officer. I'm not working.
0: saying hi, officer. So and that's no, the only never. difference.
1: It ain't got shit to do with my complexion. I
0: ain't never saying hi, officer. I'm going to say
1: hi, officer. I'm not. How may I help you? What did I do? I'm mm-hmm. going to fucking put on my fucking. Because
0: that's 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 your that's where you at. I'm never going to say. Well, because
1: my only my only agenda is always to get home safe.
0: And that be the people who get killed. And to
1: keep it moving. that be the people who get fucked up. The people that be nice?
0: Yeah, that, that just trying to get home. I'm just, you know, why you fuck with me? And they got a warrant and shit. They like, damn, nah, sh-. they just trying to get home. Me, I know I'm clean, I know I'm good.
1: I'm so mad <laughs> that you had to make it about my complexion.
0: I'm just saying, you're going to have a you're going to have a different re- you're going to evoke a different response.
1: You're right in a way. I'm just
0: saying, I didn't, but if I didn't I didn't say in your specific case that's that's only thing what it is. I'm just saying in general, everyone evokes a different response by how they present. If I'm presenting super thug with with the set from the corner paraphernalia, he going to treat me as such. If I'm I'm presenting as big time dope boy in a Maybach, he going to approach me as such. I'm
1: not talking about how you look. I'm talking about how you speak to the officer. And I'm about
0: to tell you this. I do not speak to the officer in a nice way. I don't speak to him in a disrespectful way either. I'm handling the business just like he got to handle his business. He, need, he got a job to do, I got a job to do. My job to get home, his job to do, whatever the fuck he, ever he got to do. When he come to me, I ain't got shit to say, man. Here go my motherfucking credentials, man. Take these shits and do what you gotta do.
1: So you're coming from a perspective of having a distrust of and the disrespect no. of police officers, no, which, even, is, which well, is valid. How
0: is it a disrespect? When I didn't disrespect like this got man.
1: Because to I me. I didn't disrespect him? Because to me, I I, look I at gave it, him
0: exactly what he came for with no questions and no motherfucking answers.
1: To me, I look at it like I think cops, and listen, I almost like got into some trouble in Harlem, like filming a cop once. I've done it mm-hmm. twice, right? And a lot of them are racist and be on some bullshit, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just not like, so when I was living in LA, I remember I saw this bad accident on Melrose and I was so fucking stunned. I'm looking at this car that was smashed up. It was like a luxury car, right? Like a Lambo or some shit. Mm -hmm. And I was so like enthralled and rubbernecking. I was rubbernecking, sorry. And, um... I ran in the fucking red light in front of the cops. Mm-hmm. So the one white cop, he comes like, what the fuck are you doing? What, go And he's screaming at me, and I'm like, I'm behind my wheel, and I rolled down the window I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I just never saw anything like that before. I'm so sorry. Right. And he's like, do you want that to happen to you? Do you want to end up like this guy? And I'm like, right. no. He's like... Go home! And I'm like, okay, And that's and that's, right? a, and that's
0: a valid response but to that scenario. But if I was scenario.
1: like, yo, officer, I mean, it's my bad. I fucking saw an accident, so I was looking. Why you in my face? Why you yelling at me? But, like, that would have put him on defense. Right. And then he'd have been like, "Give, show me your ID and registration.
0: Right. And that's that's a valid. That's valid. That's all I'm saying. But, but what I said is, I'm not going to disrespect the man, but I'm not going to talk extra and sweet either. My shit is gonna be to the point. I know what he came for. He came to get this license and registration. That shit gonna already be in my hand, ready for him when he get to my window. Yes. And I ain't got to I ain't. We ain't got Ballot. to do no talking.
1: Ballot. And he
0: gonna take that shit and he gonna run that shit and that shit coming back clean.
1: We talking about two different
0: things. I, but that's what I'm trying to tell you. Is we that, talking about two different but things? But I'm not finna. I'm not finna be sweet.
1: We feel no about times. two different And things. I
0: don't have no disrespect of the man. I just know he got a job, and I got a job. And I know he pulled me over on some nine times out of ten on some bullshit. And
1: psychologically, I'm walking into it knowing that a lot of these motherfuckers are bitter because they not making the money they want to make. And mm. if they see you driving a nice car, and they schlepping through life... I watched Training Day. I mean, hello. Right. You know what I mean? I grew up in Harlem with the 30th precinct. They called them the Dirty 30. Mm-hmm. So I already knew from early that a lot of these cops were not happy with the money that they was making. I would mm-hmm. see how they would pull the drug dealers over. I saw all that shit. and I was paying attention. And my mm-hmm. mom always told me, like, listen more than you talk and watch. Watch. Right. I watched everything. And I would listen and I would talk and I would get information. Right. So I'm like, well, especially if you know you, want, you ain't even on the up and up, that's even, all, even more of a reason if you got a suspended license or a warrant, mm-hmm. that's even more of a reason to be on some chill shit. Because I just feel like if my if I'm dealing with someone who's irrational and bitter because mm-hmm. he's making $50,000 a year mm-hmm. and my car is worth more than his yearly salary, I am not going to fucking poke him because he's looking for it.
0: Yeah, you ain't going to poke him, but you ain't got to stroke him either.
1: Like now, like my friend, he lives in Jersey City, right? And... He lives in this, you know, like high-end, high-rise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's always like, it's, you know, you can just feel the fucking racism, right? And some chick gets on the elevator one day. She's just like, it's, you know, we got, off, we got off a stop. He's on the 50th floor, so we got off on 37, so I can go back up to get a sweater. We get on the elevator, she's like, it's going up. We just ignored her. It's going up. Ignored her again. He gave her a little subtle nod. You know, he's Nigerian. He's from London. And they got a different, like, they mm-hmm. just move different, right? So she got uncomfortable because we didn't react, but we mm-hmm. knew what was behind her shit. Right. But I just feel like people are looking for us to react. Th- exactly, for but that's why you
0: ain't got to react. I'm
1: never gonna give it to you. Them.
0: You jump, you jump in front of it, and, and go ahead and handle the business. But but I'm a I'm gonna end with this point, right? Here. Okay. When you see all the names that we we talk, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Trayvon ain't got nothing to do with the police, but Trayvon, you know Mike Brown, motherfucking um, you know Eric Garner. All these people, right? Mm -hmm. They just, you know what I'm saying? They just getting by, you know what I'm saying? None of them things what we talk about ain't never a real, true, super criminal ass motherfucker.
1: Never. And I actually think Eric Garner was right when he was like, Y'all keep bothering me.
0: Right. He was saying he was
1: resisting. No, it's like he was exhausted with them always harassing him. But
0: them super criminal motherfuckers, they don't treat like they treat Eric Garner. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean? You, when motherfuckers is actually about that business, they don't treat them the same way. They treat them because they understand the rules of the streets. That's what they... The police play in the streets more than the reg, than you as a regular person and me as a regular person. Mm. They play... It's cops and robbers. They play with real motherfuckers who do this shit. So head. they play by the rules of the motherfuckers who really do this shit. And then when you out here, you say you're a regular old citizen just trying to get to work tomorrow. They know you don't want to go to jail. So they fucking with you. So by
1: design, they're poking.
0: They fucking with you. No, I know you know that. what I'm saying? So that's why you don't never see it. Don't never be the super.
1: But we're not saying different things. I'm,
0: I know. That's what uh, I'm just okay. trying to tell you is that, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, a, certain, it's a certain communication that everybody know, all right, I'm going to let you do your job. You let me do mine. You know what I'm saying? And it ain't and it, and it's a whole thing in the middle where some, it's a, a whole thing of some people gonna be sweet, some people gonna be this, some people gonna it's all the way down the line. Me, I'm gonna keep it very, very fucking neutral. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you what you want, and then we gonna get on about our day.
1: So I guess it's one of these cases that I probably shouldn't even have an opinion on it because of my privilege.
0: No, no, it's not that. I'm not
1: even, I'm being dead serious. No, it's not that. Exactly. Because my experience because with, you, with, with coming in contact with cops is going to be a, lot, be a different lot different, than, different than, a lot than, than
0: other people. That's all I was saying, and I just use your color just as a throwback to what we was talking I about. I was
1: triggered when you
0: said I understand that, that. <laughs> I understand, but I do this over here. But what it is is that everybody triggers, it's like me, when I was doing dirt in the streets, right, and we were rolling, we rolling out of town, riding dirty than a motherfucker. And police pulled me over. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's gonna be a lot different than if he pulled us over and my man that with the gold teeth is driving. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know what he he I know what he gonna ask me. He gonna ask me where I'm going. Blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna got answer for all that shit. That's real legit. Real, you know what I'm saying? My shit is gonna be right down the line. I'm gonna give him the shit he want. He gonna run my shit. It ain't gonna be nothing to even look at. And then he gonna. Send me on by my way. Mm-hmm. Dirty than a motherfucker.
1: And that's, and that was all by design. That's what the media and everything. Portray black men that look a certain way to be but, criminals. But but it's also, scared of them. And
0: it's also his own experience every day dealing with motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, he sees some black motherfuckers. Okay, boom. He know. You know what I'm saying? He knew. Mm-hmm. But when he got up on it, it wasn't what he expected. Because, you know what I'm saying, they profiling. He learning the profile. He, he's learning the profile of how a motherfucker's supposed to act, supposed to say, supposed to do, his heart rate, his sweat rate, all right, that. Right. You know what I'm saying? But when you throw them and they don't know, like, okay, right. it's different.
1: Because uh-huh. we're dehumanized. So that you know I'm saying? comes back to us being creators, right? Right.
0: And so you create what the motherfucker need to see and get on about your way.
1: Right. So it's our job to humanize people that might have the dreads and the gold teeth. Yeah, because whoever's in control of the images is in control of the self-esteem. Yeah, but then it's going. St- wait, the self-esteem, the self-preservation. Wait, who are you were? Self. I said whoever's in control of the images is, mm-hmm. a, is in control of the self-esteem, mm-hmm. self-preservation, and, and the confidence of the people.
0: Okay, word right up. So and we are
1: content creators, mm-hmm. and we can change the narrative.
0: And that's what we do. And on that note. We gonna roll up out of here, you know what I'm saying? So, tell them where you're gonna be, where they can find you.
1: Oh, my my Instagram and Twitter is at Tony Thai, T O N I T H A I, like Thai food. And I'm not Thai, it's a fucking nickname.
0: Okay. Where you going to be? What you got coming? Tell them where to find your work.
1: All right. So you can find my work. You can come to my website, TonyTiger.com. I'm going to be in L.A. We have our next tour date for um, uh, Space for Creators for Potty Break. That's going to be on September 29th. I'll have the details on my social media. Mm-hmm. Um. And, yeah, just come and find me. We just had a screening in the park last week, um, St. Nicholas Park. We showed my short film Fair right enough. before the Grace Jones documentary. was When is When the tour hit early. L.A.? Uh, you,
0: October 29th 26th 26, 26. October 26th Yeah, you know what I'm saying so y'all check that out and um, you know you can find me at Mr. Muhammad on Instagram at Mr. Muhammad on Twitter I'm local this week and uh, shit and you know till the next time you know tell a friend to tell a friend
1: happy birthday Nigeria
0: I thought you was gonna say happy birthday to me
1: Happy belated birthday,
0: Ali. Listen, listen. listen you it is you your scarf. All right, let me get back to this finale. It's
1: your
0: <laughs> first, first. Until then, tell a friend to tell a friend and even the enemy.
1: So get in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and the main thing
0: of it all
1: to be in the conversation, conversation.